Cork or Dundalk? Dundalk. Ooh. Wrong. <laughs> Fair I will say cork is growing on me. Good. Okay. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to the Vet Space Podcast. We are back with episode one of season two. And I am Michelle McGuire and I'm Hazel Mullins. And as you know by now, or at least we hope you do, our main aim of Best Space Ireland is to entertain, inform, engage and inspire. So today's special guest on the podcast is Kieran Jones. And Kieran works in Galabi. He is a specialist in small animal surgery. He's also a diplomat of both American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons. So very well qualified. And he's also a great laugh. And I think you'll really enjoy this podcast. Welcome, Kieran. How are you? And welcome to the Vet Space podcast. It's great to have you on. Thank you. Delighted to uh, take part in it and appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, we're a little bit disorganized this evening, but we're, we're getting there. You know, behind the scenes in Vet Space Ireland, it's always a little bit. <laughs> Chaotic. <laughs> it appears to be a running theme. No matter how well we try to be organised, it always goes straight out the window. But anyway. we, we, we got there. That's amazing. We got there. We, we did. did. We did. Yeah. A couple of Zoom emails later, we were here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Kieran, tell us like all about your veterinary journey so far, and you know, give us the ins and outs of it. Um, yeah. So I studied in uh, University College Dublin. Um, five great years there. Graduated in 2014, and I knew, I think, probably in third year of college that um, I wanted to I wanted to go abroad, number one. I wanted to see the world, get experience veterinary and um, get some travel under my belt. Um, and I met, I was lucky enough in college that um, I've, my, my uncle, Brian Jones, he's a vet um, in Dundalk and I saw a lot of practice with him. And I have a cousin who's also a vet um, who was ahead of me and he went to the States, Stephen Jones. And um, so they sort of, opened the doors to me to say, hey, you know, there's just such a thing be called an internship. And then there's further education that you can do afterwards. And um, my cousin, Stephen, actually is a boarded uh, American and European surgeon as well. And um, so I would you know, advice of under advice at always I'd undertook an internship in Canada. And um, there's this match process is what they call it, where, you know, you, you submit your application and you list which areas you want to go to one to 10. And then they also look at all the applicants and they pick their top candidates and you sort of match together. Um, so I ended up in Canada and the University of Saskatchewan um, in Saskatoon, which is very, you know, I came up in the email and I was like, oh God, where is this place? I'll actually have to Google it and find out. And um, it looks really nice on Google Maps. Um, little did I realize that it's probably one of the coldest places I've ever lived in. Uh, it's about seven months of winter and lives in minus minus 30 minus 40 degrees with a, an extreme wind chill so um but I, I loved it so i did a rotating internship there it was uh what people would classify as an academic internship so it was in, in a university setting um i had eight intern mates and you know i really was immersed in small animal practice there i saw surgery medicine uh, first opinion um radiology saw everything um but i think when i even when i left for Canada, I knew I wanted to pursue surgery as my primary goal. Um, but I learned, you know, I think I learned, I appreciated emergency medicine. I appreciated or learned um, an appreciation of the other, other uh, departments in, in veterinary medicine, small animal wise. I wasn't lucky enough to get into the, the equine or, or the large animal part of, of it in the hospital. Um, but then I again applied for this match program and got our surgical residency in Washington State University in Washington, oh. um, which is um, outside of it's in outside Seattle. Um, and that 80 percent of my time was spent at Washington State. Um, and then 20 percent of my time was spent in Idaho in Boise in a private practice. So um, I got to see, again, a little bit of bo both worlds. Um, academia and, and private practice and I really like the private practice part of it just extremely busy um, high turnout of cases um, but also you know having a very high um, uh, clinical standard there's lots of uh, colleagues there you could discuss case similar to a to university but maybe just that fast quick pace which I really enjoyed um, 
and I, I had fantastic friends over there, had fantastic resident resident mates. Um, I completed a program there, and then I came to a juncture. I was like, okay, do I stay in the states, or do I maybe travel somewhere else, or do I try try and make my way home somehow? And um, so it's at that time where you're. This is your. This is possibly the time you get out, or this is the time you. Um, you can, if you probably settle in the states, it'd be hard maybe to turn around, turn your life around and go home in a few years' time. So I made the decision I'd, I'd come home. Um, probably you sit your when you're a American resident um, at part of the American College of Veterinary Surgeons, you sit your board six months after you finish your residency program. So um, I moved to Chestergate Veterinary Specialist in Chester. Um, at that time, when I applied, there was no real jobs in Ireland that I knew of or could find for uh, for a um, for a surgeon that just completed his residency. So I got my boards there and got my American College of Veterinary Surgery boards, became an official specialist or a diplomat, as, as you would say. Um, and I was close. I was in Chester, really nice. Um, learning, you know, didn't, wasn't really with the, the, with the interns or residents. Again, I was with uh, it was a smaller hospital, but same sort of standard that I was used to. Um, but I, I felt then that, you know, I was only a 30 minute flight across the water, but I was coming home um, once a month and I was back in the same time zone and the same weather and the same culture, but it wasn't home. So um, I tried to um, decided to, to really try and make it move, my move home. And I was lucky enough to get a job in Glabby Veterinary Hospital in January 2020. Um, a bit nervous or daunted that, you know, God, I went away for a few years and now I was coming home and would it, would it all be the same or my expectation would they be met um, but I'm glad to report that you know it, it, it they have been I'm delighted I made the move home um, and you know I think I, I I think with COVID in January 2020 soon hit afterwards I didn't really get much chance to experience Ireland's social side that we all love and talk about but um, I think I, we've made I made the most of it and then I was from there, my career went that I became clinical director of Glabby Veterinary Hospital in October. And that just sort of um, helped me along my progression. And that brings us up to the present day. Like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> well, I, well, I looked I looked at Kieran's um, bio and he's actually a year out, like later than I, I'm a year more graduated and I certainly feel inferior right now. <laughs> I would say that. I think it's. Um, I know we all uh, have different journeys, but wow, fitted yeah. a lot in in those seven years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can see. I, I I suppose I was quite set and keen on doing that one area, that focus on, yeah. on one area. Um, you know, I did miss a lot of my classmates. They went to Australia or they went to New Zealand. You know, I did miss out on a lot of those sort of things. Um, you but, still travel though. It was great to go to both Canada and the USA. Like that's. You know you saw so much and you know and then they're kind of places as well that they're not generally you know big tour well then i suppose washington state would be maybe and, and seattle yeah. but you know you yeah. got parts of the world maybe that and live in parts of the world that aren't generally visited by irish people yeah um, yeah i find i find that so many people are familiar with east coast america or east coast canada but you yeah. know, literally, we realize when we fly over there, we do, it's essentially the same flight again to get to the West Coast. And yeah. um, there are such different cultures um, and climates and everything is always so different. I, like I met real cowboys. I used to laugh so much. I, I met real <laughs> cowboys in Washington. I didn't think they existed. I didn't know what to read. I thought it was all on TV. Um, <laughs> I met New Mexico once. They definitely exist. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and um, I love the cowboy manners. Well, I didn't say this to you now, Karan, but they'd be like, "Howdy, ma'am." Yes, ma'am. Yeah, ma'am. And I'm yeah. like, I'm okay with this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, Kieran, did you always want to be a vet, or how did you kind of decide? I know you're. You're seems like a big family affair, and you know, there's your cousin seems like he's very qualified as well. Um, was it always something that you thought about doing? Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I think I was always, I, I live reasonably close to my cousin. I was a vet, Stephen and, and Brian and my uncle. And um, so I saw a lot of, of what my uncle's lifestyle was. Uh, he's a small animal vet. And, um, you know, I, I saw plenty of practice with him as even, even during my time in secondary school. Um, and I just, I really liked that idea. Um, I really like science. 
Um, and I, you know, I didn't really like languages in college and I started school. And so this is what I, I wanted to go to. Um, at the same time, my cousin Stephen, he was in veterinary, in veterinary medicine in UCD and he, he couldn't encourage me more about it. So um, that's what probably started it. My mum and dad are from uh, farming backgrounds and we've had horses and dogs at home. Um, so yeah, it was something that I wanted to do. I think when I finally put it on my, my application, I was, you always have that self-doubt and you question yourself, God, is this the right decision or not? But um, certainly no regrets that I was lucky enough to get my place and um, have had a good career so far. Yeah, sounds like <laughs> And just to go back there for a second, Kieran, you said that you've become clinical director now in Gill Abbey since October. So how has that changed your role, I suppose, from being, I mean, does that give you a lot more administrative tasks? Does it take you out of the, the, the theatre or a bit more? Or what way does that work? Yeah, so it probably wasn't on my like five year plan when I arrived into Cork, but um, the opportunity arose and I, I, I said, if it's right for me, I'll take it and enjoy it. And if not, I could always step back and just continue on as a sole, solely work clinic, focus on clinical work. Um, it's essentially, it's coming down to very good time management. So I'm not losing out on my surgeries um, because that's what I love and that's what I like to do. And it's sort of, sometimes we joke at work that that's my safe zone where I can get into surgery and no one can interrupt me with some administration work. I'm sterile and that's it for at least an hour or two. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so that's we. But that uh, it hasn't. I'm still cutting as much surgeries as I have as I have before. I was clinical director. Um, I just have to. I just have got a fairly smart diary that um, certain times of the day I'm doing my clinical director work, and other times I'm focused solely on surgery. And you know, there's a great team there at work too. We've got a all our practice manager, and we've got all our head of departments. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to name them all or else I'll, I'll miss one for sure. But um, they, you know, I think it's all about the team. And if, if, if I tried to do all the work myself, I wouldn't get done or I'd lose out. So, um, yeah, that's that's uh, what's helped me. Now, it sounds very smooth when I describe it like that. If we've, we have our good days and bad days like everyone. Yeah, very good. And Galabi has such, you know, it, well, I suppose I'm from Cork. So it's I've grown up with the name Galabi and, you know, always know how highly you know the the surgery that you know if, you, if any difficult surgery you send it to Calabi um so um in general it's got such a good name and it's such a nice place to come back from the UK and America and you know end up here in, in the best county yes the- yeah always has to um, get that in always. yeah I just can't talk to a Cork person without that you know being... my red t-shirt on again today <laughs> yeah I've, I'm used to that I'm I, yeah I found out that's the culture that I found when I moved to Cork that that's like that um yeah. I also laugh. I, yeah, it's it's. I think the team was, or the, the even just a sheer number of staff that was there, and the backup and support was probably the big one of the biggest things. I think, um, you know, when I was younger, I probably had aspirations to go it alone and do it my do it on my own, and um, I don't know, travel around or something. But then you realize that um, with more experience, that uh, you're you're really without your team, without your support, without your backup, you're not uh, you're not very effective, and you won't enjoy your job. So. Um, you know that's that's the big thing, and I think we're lucky enough at Glavi that we have a, a very big team and a, and a very good team at that. That's good advice, probably, isn't it? You know, to like anybody, any budding vets out there that are thinking about maybe setting up their pra- practice on their own, or you know, being a bit of a travelling specialist, or you know, it it does. I suppose you're right when you say the level, I suppose, of service that you can provide is enhanced by the fact that you're in a really big team and, and a hospital as Hazel that's been you know well known as a referral center for many years you know yeah yeah like um I suppose tr- even with my internship there was eight I'd eight intern or seven interns on myself and then you know I had five resident mates that were in the same surgery training program as myself um I've got I've got another surgeon Shane Shane Gear and Glabby that I can bang ideas off um we've you know, so nurses like, during my internship, I'd every I was lucky when I was rostered to do overnights. There was three qualified nurses working with me during the night, and you learn so much from from them, particularly in your early years. Um, it's it's it sometimes tough learning because they sort of let you make your mistakes, watch you, and then they tell you afterwards. <laughs> I, I knew that was going to happen, but I wanted you to see, see how it would work. You, you you know those type of people that make you do that. 
Kiran, you know, uh, keep you grounded. They don't want you like, you know. Yeah, I think that's what they call it, ground. Yeah, yeah, keep you humble and yeah. uh, learning, learning that famous, getting that famous experience that everyone's looking for. <laughs> Character building. Character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so do you have a particular type of surgery that you kind of go towards more so, Kiran, or do you kind of do a bit of everything? Uh, yeah, so I do a bit of everything. Um, orthopedics, neurology, soft tissue, um, I have my favorite surgeries in each, you know, there's, I, you know, I love doing arthroscopy. Um, uh, you know, I can't, you know, I, I there, there's no surgery that's like, God, I wish I really didn't have to do this today. Um, you know, I like, I think if I was stuck doing, you know, if I even like, if I was stuck doing a TPLOs every single day or stuck doing, um, you know, a Tika every, every week in, week out, you know, it's that variation in case that I really like. And I think in Ireland, you know, that's, People don't, I don't, when you're, tra when you, I didn't realize how good it was that there's such a caseload, such a variation in the workload. Um, there's difference in expectations and what owners want. And there's always have to be, you know, plan A, plan B, plan C with them. Um, and it makes, I think it makes us better vets um, and how we, what we offer for our clients. So um, yeah, I can't say if I did only do one surgery for the rest of my career, what would it be? I, I, I don't think I can answer that. Make you pick that one out, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and like you're generally enjoying being back in Ireland and working, working here. And you, you know, you were saying that you, you're obviously Galabi has such a good name and the team and everything. But you know, how are you finding being back in general? I, I'm loving it. I'm I'm really happy with it. Uh, you know, I think I, I suppose I set off with the goal of becoming a specialist and wanting to come back to Ireland. Um, and that was you know that was part of it. Um, I I think. The, one of the biggest worries I had when I was like when I was going abroad learning my trade or learning my skills was like God will will there be um, a demand or a caseload or a need for me to be in Ireland when I come back um, and I think when you speak to vets abroad Irish vets abroad we always have that conversation together God you know what would be in Ireland or you know there's no such thing as an emergency service or you know backup service like there is like a 24-hour service in their local town um, or in Ireland, you'd never be able to do this or that. And, and I, I think, you know, I've been pleasantly surprised. I think to, in fairness, uh, you know, I don't want, to, I, I think they're the workups and the clients and the pets and the variation in different breeds that we see in, in cats and dogs that I see at Glabby has been fantastic um, and keeps me on our, keeps me on my toes. And, you know, you know communication between the, the nurses, the vets, communication with 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 the with the clients has been you know really really high standards which makes us all better vets and makes us enjoy our job even more um and you know i think the days of the you know people saying that our irish practices aren't um as high standard as the uk or americans i, I have never seen that and i don't know where that rumor came from or if there is a rumor but um you know i'd encourage anyone that's abroad to if they want to consider coming home that um, it's as it's as good uh, here in Ireland than it is, but certainly in Canada, America, or, or England. I can't say at other other places, but you know, I I wouldn't I would be uh, I think you'd find it hard to compare to to somewhere like Ireland. Hmm. That's really nice. That's good. Hmm. And also, yeah. we need more vets, so maybe oh, that yeah. might encourage Everybody. a few home. <laughs> yeah, and nurses too. Yeah, face Ireland, come home, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's such a dire um, straits at the moment to try and get vets and nurses. Like it's not easy. Um, yeah, so I think we I think we had a bit of an influx there when COVID hit. Um, a few people saw the travel restrictions coming in, and we, a few people came home, which was um, which is good. Um, but yeah, again, it's hard to find find uh, find staff. I think that's yeah, it's a, it's a problem, right? Yeah, really. I honestly feel like I, you know, I don't work in small animals, but just looking at the gang inside of my practice, like they're they're, oh, you know, really really busy and and flat out all the time. And I think that I don't know, is it the more puppies and everyone buying and and uh, yeah, I think it probably is. But it's it's a bit. But I suppose every consult, every order of food, everything else takes longer. More, more there's more steps involved. So this just needs like we just realize that we need more staff and we're you know every day in there is, is pretty manic um, yeah. yeah yeah I don't know I, I I've come I've, I've I was always taught never to complain about 
uh, having a good caseload or being too busy because if it's um, the opposite where you're trying to drum up business or you're, you're not busy or you, you know, you come in in the morning and you've nothing all until lunchtime. That's great. That's a fantastic novelty. Um, you know, once a week or, you know, once a month, but if that was day in, day out, I think we'd soon all get bored. We're all vets and nurses. We're all very driven people. And we do like being busy. Now we also like our lunch breaks and get to home on time. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, it's it, but the last few months, yes, have been hectic. Yeah. I can't see it slowing down to be honest not going to good news for the small animal vets yeah <laughs> if you look at the <clears throat> back in my days and in, in industry when i used to look at the the growth in the industry in companion animal like i mean year on year the growth of it was just exponential and that's if you look yeah. that's when even when you look back to from the mid 80s it even during two global <laughs> huge economic downturns it's just never never ceased and in ireland in particular yeah. i think it's really yeah. growing and people that seem to be taking much better care of their pets i mean we would have a lot of owners coming into us now and they have a new puppy or whatever and they had a dog for years and years and it died a couple of years ago what have you whatnot but this pet they're enduring Do you know but their old last family yeah. pet they never even considered having it insured it just never would have entered their head but they've got pet plans and insurance and you know I, so I think the the client the owner is kind of changing as well in Ireland so I think it means we're all going to be a bit busier which is good yeah oh certainly there's been a culture change I think a slow culture change that has over the last 10-15 years that has been rapidly progressed in the last 12 months yeah. um, and I, I agree like yeah there's new puppies coming out there's there's different even the breeds that are being bred um the, the, how clients are treating their pet, their dogs they're indoors so many of them are just exclusively indoor dogs now and yeah. you know maybe they're indoors outdoors um yeah and that's that's putting pressure on vets and nurses because their expectations are changing too and they're getting higher and higher which yeah. which we uh, which is hard to meet there's no doubt about it no yeah it's pediatrics now <laughs> that's what it is veterinary companion animal veterinary are treating people's children yes you know? yeah yeah, yeah. And I think that's something that frustrates me because uh, I do a little bit of small. Um, you dabble. I dabble. Yeah. Um, but I'm generally maybe one clinic a week and, and, you know, I could be out and I find it's it's something, it'll be always the day that something will go wrong on the farm and I end up being late back and I'm trying to rush and I'm trying to ring the boss, trying to, you know, a manager trying to say, is there anyone around that can cover me? I'm literally, you know, covered in, you know what, and I'm trying to get to the clinic. And I think, Oh, it just really stresses me out. And I think that, I think as maybe, look, who knows, but I do think that owners expect, you know, a certain standard now. And I do agree with that, that you're there on time and you're ready to go. I'm not covered <laughs> in cow shit. Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> I can see that being a bit of a, just a small problem. But then I know there's so many people out there that are mixed pets and are just way better at time management than I am. So <laughs> I'm not painting everyone with it, but I personally am a disaster. So, <laughs> oh um, gosh. Do you think any other challenges, uh, Kieran, in the industry at the moment? I know this is a this is our kind of heavy part of the podcast, and then we get a bit lighter now in a minute. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, granted, I suppose you're you're. I'm, I'm only here, you know, in Ireland um, since, as I said, January 2020. Um, but I think I think a, staff retention is probably a big issue and keeping vets and vet nurses engaged in the industry is a, is a difficulty. I think there's, um, you know, there's, there's lots of practices that are managed and owned or run by the, you know, if, if people of a different generation or different education background um, and not trying to, they're fantastic, I think, as well. They're very good at doing their jobs. And then there's a lot of young and up and coming vets, and they're struggling to make their mark maybe in practice in Ireland or um, get their get their bearings about it. Um, there's been there's been a few, um, I think, veterinaries had a lot of change, sea changes in the last few years, which is which I think people are struggling to come to terms with. Um, so, you know, I think looking at trying to keep staff, trying to hire staff, you know, understanding why. Um, staff aren't happy you know why they're not is it why they're not um, staying in, in, the, in the in the industry in general why they're going somewhere else why they're going into maybe 
not wanting to do the clinical work as much, why they want to go to do rep work. Um, th those sort of things. I think that's probably one of the bigger issues that I'm seeing right now um, in, 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 in Ireland in general. Yeah. So I guess I was, I was going to ask, what do you think was the solution? But you kind of answered it there. You said we need to get a better understanding of why people are leaving because it's not, in my experience, trying to hire vets. <laughs> um, it's not even necessarily money, you know, because the, the salaries available for vets at the moment are extraordinary. And I mean, and I suppose what I always say to people is like, that's great to earn that, but you have to, you have to earn it as well. So you have to bring that in and, and maybe, you know, that then in itself creates other problems because there's lots more pressure put on you and you're expected to, to do more. So I think we need to kind of maybe have a bit of a reset and go, okay, look, it's not all about the money. Take the money that you need and, and take a bit of mentorship and extra holidays or other benefits. But um, I yeah. don't know where it's going wrong, yeah. but it seems it seems to be gone very badly wrong at the minute. Yeah, like I, I think lots of people like to jump on the salary thing that the salary is the problem, but you're dead right. You know, Not. you can get a very handsome salary, but you have to remember you have to earn it. But, um, yeah. you know, simple things we could think of, like, you know, um, and I'm not like we have we have all our clinical staff now on a four day week at Glabby. Um, now that doesn't suit everyone, but a simple thing like that might, That's really good, yeah. um, you know, maybe, you know, do people get maternity benefits? Do people get or can they take half days? And when they truly have a half day, they're finishing, you know, at one o'clock rather than oh, you have a few emergencies coming through the door, um, you know, on call. Um, this expectation that. I suppose people are saying just because I did it in, in my generation or I did it like this, you have to have it as hard as, 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 as I used to have it. That sort of, you know, um, those sort of the conversations I think are needed to take place and, you know, that's you know, going to be on call for the whole weekend, 48 hours, and then come into Monday and expect to be very sprightly or to get one day off and expect to be very sprightly and choose it and, and not have any problems. So um, those are, I think, having been abroad and seeing like, um, uh, living and working in a, in areas that had emergency practices and you would never try get your vet to be on, on call on a Saturday you just send it to the emergency hospital and they deal with it and you get get it back on Monday um, you know that's a massive change in work-life balance for a vet or a nurse um, you know it's not you're not going to do it overnight but there's other there's other solutions there or I think topics that probably um, you know I think there, that could that could help resolve or improve the situation. Yeah, I think it's something we could talk about till the cows go home. <laughs> very interesting, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like some of those points now, they're very good. Yeah, mm. and I definitely, I definitely do agree about the salary. Yes, it's lovely. Um, now, I started on um, <laughs> a lot lower than the new grads nowadays, yes. but um, um, and it's taken a long time to work, you know, work your way up again. Um, but I definitely value a day off now. And I say it on nearly every podcast. Uh, I get a Wednesday off now in lieu of a, win of a weekend. And oh my God, it's just changed my life. Yeah. Um, and I know I've only had one day, one, one of them now so far, but I've one next Wednesday now and I'm already booked in the facial. So it's in, <laughs> it's in. But, you know, just those little things or, you know, if I don't know, that's probably a girly thing now, but if you're a lad and you want to go off and, I don't know, climb a mountain or whatever. Um, yeah, but you know, um, it's, it's not or even just sit on the sofa and do nothing all day. Yeah, it's about having yeah. time yeah. off. I mean, it's 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 unfortunate that you have to be so excited about having two full days off in fourteen. I know. Yeah, you, know, you, like, will, you will fill you will fill your day off. You know, people joke, oh, I have to go to the bank, I have to go to the post office, I have to go to the dentist. You generally don't do any of those things, but you yeah. have you enjoy yourself, you relax. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, like it, it's it's. I think it's a nice, it's an, it's still a novelty, unfortunately, to quite a number of vets and nurses in Ireland. Um, and I think that probably needs to change. Hmm. Yeah. But anyway, sure top of the days off. Kiran, what do you do on your day off and what do you do outside of being a veterinary surgeon? Yeah, so I got into, got into running quite a bit. Um, enjoy, enjoy running, doing like anywhere distance between five and 10 kilometers two to three times a week i find that fairly helpful to de-stress um put on some po podcast or listen to just listen to music and it's just sometimes the time to to just clear your clear your head and uh, i'm not a 
I'm not great at getting up in the mornings to go for a run before work. It has to be something usually it's after work. Um, so that's that's why I've been doing a bit, played a bit of tennis or play a bit of tennis and play a bit of golf as well. Um, again, just sort of catch up with some friends and um, clear your head and you know enjoy enjoy the finer things in life. Um, is what what I try to do. No sword collecting like Owen Ryan. No. No, not nothing too Man. too, too <laughs> bizarre. No, and I don't I don't think I can compete compete with Owen now on something like that. I'd probably end up injuring myself. Or... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure we'll ever get one that beats that. To be honest, that was quite yeah. extraordinary. <laughs> and also, has everyone been anyone noticed that like the, apparently tennis now is one of the most dangerous sports because everyone just went mental and started playing tennis without actually warming up or stretching and then people just like tore ligaments like apparently the A&Es were full of tennis injuries oh yeah oh, like, I know I didn't say I was any good at any of the sports I was playing so um ah. yeah I don't think I'm at that level yet <laughs> I don't think these people were either to be honest Kieran. <laughs> um although look it's important and, and fair play to you for running like I I tried running um when I first started working Killarney and I loved it because it was in the mountains and it was beautiful but I just look back now and like how did I run 10k I yeah. can't even run to the door now and back <laughs> but um, and is there anywhere around Cork that you particularly like like to run the Cork club yeah I've, uh, I've run down the, the the Lee Fields that the long straight which oh, I no. heard actually was the I think 40 years ago they said they broke the land speed record or Irish land speed record on that two kilometer stretch Oh. Um, it was a cork man that did, of, um, um, of course. Uh, yeah, I run up there and then past guide dogs and back down into Bishopstown where I'm living at the moment. Um, oh, beautiful. I, I didn't realize also cork is all up and down on hills um, yeah. as well. So it's not a, it's it's a, a I, I when I started off first it just it just was painful every 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 day getting <laughs> our fitness up. But thankfully I'm at a point now where I I'm at the point that's enjoyable uh, and not just sheer pain when I'm going through it. Yeah, you're the other side of the city. I'm I'm the Rochestown side, Black Rock. So I've got all the I, I'm 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 a cycle that I do a bit of cycling on yes. my very girly, heavy, awkward, pretty bike. Um, it's a so. Pendleton, not a racer. It's <laughs> but it's beautiful. I'm I very have, jealous I of like it. to get a coffee and back. That's my cycling. Um, it looks good. It's amazing. It yeah. does. And Kieran, you mentioned there you also listen to some podcasts. Now, obviously, you listen to the Best Space podcast. Yeah, yeah. But apart from that, any other podcast recommendations for us? Oh, I couldn't recommend more the Tommy Hector and Larita podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. I haven't listened to that now either. Yeah. Great. I'm always in the market for a new podcast. Yeah, I think it's good. I laugh. Um, plenty of Irish jokes. Um, they've been they do, they do one every Thursday I think every every week they come out with with something um, and just I think you have a good laugh of it if you're abroad or if you're in Ireland uh, certainly and they, they've haven't they really talk about very light hearted things that in their childhood or, or something silly with them they've been out having a few drinks and they've had a few too many drinks and then they end up in some stupid situation so um, yeah I think it's couldn't recommend it more Sounds like our, our kind of podcast. Mm. Yeah, I'll have to put that one on the list. Definitely. Where are we now with the question, Hazel? Where are we now? Um, biggest life lesson, Kieran. Oh, yeah. I thought we passed all the deep stuff at this stage. Huh? <laughs> we kind of forgot um, that one. We'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, I suppose biggest life lesson. Uh, I, I go back to that team thing. I think, you know, you're... You're only as good as or as, as strong as, as your team, you know, uh, going as on an individual, you'll probably end up going to, um, you know, you're going to run yourself into the ground, you're going to burn out, you know, it's important to be remembered to, as, to, to ask for advice, to be able to say, listen, I don't know what's going on here, please can I get some help? Um, you know, I think without your team, you're, you're really going to struggle and that's, I've as it's important, I think some vets and nurses we can sort of be type a and competitive and um afraid to show that i don't i'm afraid to say i don't know what this is or i need some help and, I, and that gets that's that gets you nowhere so i think that has really helped and not easy to ask sometimes but i think that's something i've learned over the years um in 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 the in college or in the training programs that i've that i've done or undertaken um, and then trying to be uh, working as 
clinical director at Clabby as well. Wow. Very good. It's all about the team. Do you have any yeah. um, corporate team bonding exercises there in in Gilavi? No. No, we don't. Uh, you don't make we, everyone line up and do lunges in the morning or anything. No, like no, 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 <laughs> Not no, yet. We, no. No, we haven't. No, we uh, we did a we did a coffee morning one day where we got one of those horse boxes to come in and um get a service some nice fancy coffees there. But we took a break oh. for an hour. We like the sound of that. That's good. That sounds good. Yeah. So that that was a nice novelty, but you know, uh, we we've uh, we've our you know simple thing we've. We have rounds every morning together, everyone. Um, the first That's opinion inside of the hospital, the, the surgeons, the medics, um, the, all the nurses, um, you know, were, and that, that was always a tradition there. Um, wasn't something I introduced, but that just, so you can see everyone in the morning and say hello to them and um, yeah. if anyone has any questions. And it's amazing the stuff you learn from just hearing, listening to other people about, you know, they're, they're, what, what they're seeing, what they're, what they're, what workups are doing every day. Do you just do rounds in the morning or do you have evening rounds as well? We do have we do have evening rounds, but that's um, you know, a lot of the staff have gone home or there's that's a change of shift. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, more of a handover, but the morning rounds are the the big one where we ask people to try attend if possible. Yeah, that's really nice. We used to do that in my last practice actually. Um we was we newly introduced it. And I really like that as well because everyone knew what they were doing for the day. But apart from the clinical and surgical and planning the day side of it, I thought it was really nice that everyone was together, even if it was only for 10 minutes in the morning, because you could talk about other things. If it was someone's birthday, yeah. you'd be like, happy birthday, Mary. Or, <clears throat> and it's little things like that that do add to people's days, I think. And when you have rounds, you've got a great opportunity to have everyone together and just yeah, say, have yeah. a great day, everyone. Yeah, yeah, just you know, have like, any, any announcements, you know, yeah. Um, you know, who's who's working where or who's here today? And yeah, um, yeah I think it sets the day because otherwise <laughs> it's 11 o'clock in the morning and you don't realize where the morning went and what you're doing and who's in the hospital. And it's it can be quite disorganized. Yeah, that's nice. Sounds good. I hope now you're not, we're not going to get emails from the Galabi staff now going, thanks for the lunge idea, lads. nothing can be as worse and i'm gonna say it like when i was at decker like one of the boss's team building ideas was to do a plank challenge like are you on drugs and she wanted <laughs> us to like record ourselves doing this plank and share it then at the team meeting every friday i was like no no, no. we, we had a good our uh, sophia sophia one of our vets had one where we had a competition uh who could make the quickest e-collar from the flat pack to the to oh, the yeah, right that's a to good one and uh yeah it was just you know it, it was it was it was a good fun one to have oh my god um, i'm writing that down that's yeah, happening we, in our practice tomorrow <laughs> if we've got time yeah. <laughs> someone's probably someone might get injured i don't, I don't know just be careful <laughs> <laughs> it, gets, it gets violent yeah we'll have to get them to sign a health and safety disclaimer oh. beforehand disclaimer yeah yeah Oh, and Kiran, have you any really funny, we always ask this to our guests, a really funny story that sticks out in your mind. It can be from any part of your career um, that you just can't believe that happened or it was just yeah. laugh. I, I saw that question. I was like, God, like, how am I going to have, there's lo- everyone has lots of embarrassing <laughs> moments and probably everyone has lots of things that they probably don't want to broadcast too often. Like, I'm going to keep that really quiet. But um, <laughs> I had one where, a, when I was in the States, I was doing my residency, it was 2017, and Hurricane Harvey um, came down to Louisiana and Texas and did really bad floods. And I remember someone in Washington, one of the faculty members, um, Tina Owen, came in and said, hey, you know, they need vets to go down to help out and rescue animals. And I was like, well, the last person they're ever going to pick is the Irish guy who is, has no experience in the last disaster relief um, and has never been to Texas or Louisiana or like is just no ways this stuff. So like as a joke, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to participate and show my um, solidarity. Yes, so I, put, I put my name down. Um, and I think just from the background, I had one other resident mate who like served two tours in Iraq and was part of, actively in, in the army doing his veterinary and residency so I was like he's the person that's going to go for it like he's that's the person really picking for it um 
and it turned out I got picked for it. And I was like, oh God, like what, what's going to happen here? I don't even know what's going on. And then I started getting emails being like, be ready, like make sure you bring like a torch, food for 48 hours, sleeping bag, um, all this sort of stuff. And I was like, I, then I, I was in and I was like, I can't back out of this because then it looks like. <laughs> you don't want to have. And so uh, I then got like really prepared and they, my resume, Scott, who was in the army, he gave me all his army gear and I was had a, like a duffel bag with me and I was in the in the on in the airport and people then thought I was in the army because I thanking me for my service and I was like this is this is terrible like this is I, I don't know how you get yourself in this situation I was too far in to try back out so um, I ended up I landed in Texas but uh, by the time I got there it wasn't the disaster relief that I thought it would be it wasn't like going out in a boat and being out there for days on end and no one come to rescue you it was it was reasonably well organized and uh, I, I managed, I think, to save a few animals and, and help out and do my part. But uh, it was quite uh, about 10 days of fretting quite a bit about, oh, God, now this, this, is, this is not what I'm signed up to. And um, how am I going to break the news that I'm going to have to try to get out of this? But it, it was quite the moment. I think that was really funny where people were thanking you, <laughs> Thank you for your service. The yeah which i think is is it's a you you they take that obviously very seriously in the yeah. states too you know you don't uh, yeah. so that was uh it was quite yeah quite a funny moment did you just did you kind of just nod or nod and agree and like, like oh, try not to speak yeah. with an irish accent yeah. you're like <laughs> yeah yeah i i got like they're they, like the air hostess like checked me into the airport and i'm there and they were like oh you've been upgraded to first class and i was like oh god this is really having my lucky day on this and then I then I walked through the airport and I realized people thought I was, you know, in the army or doing so. And that's why I got all these lucky breaks when you I was were walking. You were a hero, Kiron. You were a hero. That's that's how I'll justify it. Yeah. No. So you know, it it, it was uh, it was quite the experience. <laughs> oh, that was good. Come on. So, what's your advice then for any budding uh, vets or vet students or? Uh, young new graduate vets out there who may be thinking about yeah, yeah I, I, I'll give the plug that you know I'm a specialist so like I'll encourage as many people as possible to try become a specialist I know that's not for everyone um, but you know I think I'm probably a big advocate when you graduate your first year or first year and a half out that earlier year where you go you learn the most your your learning curve is is huge and you get such good experience but it's important that you you pick the right place to get that experience and get a mentor I was I was lucky enough that I I was in a I was in an internship program so it's very structured program um but if you're a new grad or becoming you know your third fourth and fifth year I suppose I try to get it go get a job where there's quite a quite a large number of vets and vet nurses on on the premises that you can you know get asked for help and get it show they can show you pointers on how to work up certain cases and um, you know I'd be an advocate of doing an internship even though you may not want to become a specialist but I do think you do you do learn quite a um, a lot of skills in that year um, obviously if you do an internship the financial part of it is pretty brutal but um, I do think it's it's a very good first year out and you do learn a lot from a veterinary perspective and um, would that would be my advice you know if you want to if you're interested in, in learning to become a specialist I think most specialists are very approachable and letting them see experience and chatting to chatting to them about how would you do it or you know what route should they go and um, you know there's, there's there's so many avenues there now that um that, you know people are easily can go abroad or even in Ireland now getting those programs started so and um, that, that would be what I would encourage people to do. Great advice. Great advice. Very good advice. Don't rush into jobs. <clears throat> Make sure yeah, there's the right one. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right though about even doing an internship, internship, even if you don't really want to, you know, go on and, and do a residency or, or what have you, whatnot, like you'll gain such as you said, Kieran, like you learn all your the most of your stuff in your first year or two, and the level you learn it at will stand to you, you know, for the rest of your life. Um, even as a nurse, like yeah. I first went into practice in referral, like wine practice, and that level of standard went with me everywhere I went. Do you know what I mean? And still, it taught me everything I know. Um, and that's, I think, that's really good advice. Yeah, like I, like I do stuff, you know, that I learned 
in my very first year, my very first week or very first month. And I've always done it like that. And people ask me, why did you do it like that? It's like, that's how I was taught. It's worked for me. And I like how I do it. It's very hard, like five, six years in to then say to be shown a new technique or a new way when you've, you know, you, you already established how you like to do it. So, um, you know, I think it's in the UK system, I think where graduates, new graduates, graduates going to specific programs where, you, you know, you have to be hired in certain practices and you have to complete a list, a checklist after a year. I don't know the full details of it, but in principle, I wouldn't disagree with it. Um, I think that's just making sure that they're getting the correct experience and getting the correct exposure during that year. Um, and look at the human side of things, you know, a, a human doctors, they'll qualify and they have to do an internship and um, they're assigned if their internship based on, you know, how well they're doing in college and they go around and um, I know it's obviously not like for like, but again, that's, um, it seems to work quite well in getting the, them getting experience in that area. Obviously, large animals might be, a, it's a little bit more difficult than equine. There is established programs there already. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's actually a, a thing that people, um, some, some of the, uh, some people in the general public think that we actually all do internships uh, yeah. like doctors. And when you say that, no, you graduate and you're out on your own, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, it's quite shocking really that we are, sent out and I know look it's resilience and everything as well but it's it would be nice to I think just have that a little bit you know just that that mentorship and or a program a new grad program was more just the norm you know yeah um, yeah I think I think as the veterinary industry grows you know that is um becoming you know they're, they're, that's trying to be introduced it's quite slow and so it is a lot a uh, pick and mix and a lot of luck you could you could be hired and go into a new practice and it mightn't be what you thought and so I do think it is on the onus is on the, the the veterinary student or the new grad to make sure to do their homework and to check out okay is this a place I'd like and will I get the correct mentorship and you know ask the questions have they recently have they hired a, a new grad in the last five years if yes okay well where are they now can I contact them why did they move off um you know it's a, those those first 18 months are critical and, and the mentorship is very important and they you know being on being being a new grad and then suddenly being on call all on your own that's very daunting can be and everyone's going to struggle with that no matter how resilient resilient you are so try to i say try to avoid those situations if you can or at least you know have your research or know what expectation know what to expect going into it oh good excellent um i have some potential um what quick fire round quick fire round question yeah. um i've just been kind of <laughs> uh kiran just been you know doing them as we've been going along so um i'm i'm sorry now that they might be a little bit haphazard but anyway okay cork or dundalk dundalk Ooh, wrong <laughs> um, <laughs> Fairly, i will say cork is growing on me <laughs> good okay yes. uh, tennis or golf 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 tika or tplo tplo tommy or hector Ooh, hector. um sleepless in seattle or bigfoot bigfoot Bigfoot. Okay. Canadian yeah, roots there now. And yeah, any other to add in, Michelle? No, I was really shit. I was writing down quotes instead of questions. But do we have a, a president of Ireland question? Because maybe we could slip one in there like um Shane Gearin. Gearin yeah, or, or Tom. <laughs> Is that too? that too bold no i don't i don't think i can answer that one <laughs> i think you should for the crack who else who else can we do is there like a, a ucd surgeon uh, i didn't go to ucd so i don't know let me see i suppose you i have... think he should be made choose between shane and tom what about what about pat oh pat. i don't know pat yeah <laughs> Pat's the other, well, other, Pat, yeah, he's the other, but well, original, part, partner. original Pat, partner. Pat O'Doherty. Pat, Pat O'Doherty. Yeah, okay. So if you were to just vote for a president of Ireland, Galabi style, 
would it be yeah. Shane Gearan or Pat O'Doherty? No, no, you Pat, you, you have to include Tom as well because there's three <laughs> partners. You can't. It's not... No, no, just two. <laughs> okay, I'll go again. I'll go again. Or can we just anyway? This is this. Oh, question. go on, yeah, go on, go with the three. Shane, okay. Pat, or Tom. Okay. Who's so getting you, the vote? So, Kieran, if you had to vote in the, the new president of Ireland, who just happens to be working in Galabi, would it be Shane Gearan, Pat O'Doherty, or Tom? Conway. Oh, Conway. Okay. Oh, okay. We'll go again. Sorry. This is rude. Okay. It's not rude. At least I've got, I've got lots of time to think about my answer. Like, it's not <laughs> yeah. just a... We're going to make it sound like we've just spurred it on you there. So finally, Kiran, President, President of Ireland, Galabi member of staff, would it be Shane Gearan, Tom Conway, or Pat O'Doherty? Mm. Uh, I suppose... Glabby, it's not necessarily, it's not a democracy. Uh, but I'm going to stick to my surgery colleague, uh, the person I share my office with, and that would be Shane Gearan. Knew you were going to say that. Shane. Yeah. So <laughs> surgeons, surgeons stick together. They do, don't they? They, they so safety, has, in <laughs> safety in numbers. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Kiran. You've been yeah. such a good sport. And it's, honestly, it was brilliant to hear your story. It's just been very yeah. enlightening. It was really interesting and thank you so much and it was lovely to meet you as well so thanks very much for being part of this no pleasure i think you guys are doing a great job and uh it's you you're you've got something unique to ireland and that's you know vet space ireland i haven't seen that anywhere else in my travels so uh, keep up the good work Check us out on social media and tag us whilst you're listening to the podcasts. We'd love to see it.